listening to the Hurdy Gurdy Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Vakula, here to help you travel the world at next to no cost with credit card points, miles, benefits, and rewards. Make money, save money, and take advantage of great deals. Thanks for joining me for episode number 70, Scaling Up with guest Justin W. Justin W. talks about his family travel and how the miles, points, credit, and deals game helps him make and save money. We met in person after chatting online, and Justin W. scaled up his game following my suggestions. This episode will be the first in the Scaling Up series. Stay tuned for future episodes. Before today's discussion, a quick show note. I'll be hosting monthly meetups in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, with the group Greater Philadelphia Travel, Credit, Miles, and Points. Following a successful trial run in November of 2022, the first monthly meetup will occur on January 8th. Find more information at meetup.com slash Philly Miles and Points. Find a link in the show notes. And here's today's episode with Justin W. All right, it's Justin to Justin today on the show here with Justin W. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. And how did you find out about Miles and Points? What was the appeal to you? Well, I, I could say that I've kind of always been somebody who is, you know, kind of looking to game the system, you know, whether it be the the early days when the Wyndham match was wide open, and I saw a path to Diamond via that. Yeah, so a path to Caesar's Diamond by just simply opening a, I opened the IHG Premier card. I was able to match that to Wyndham Diamond, and then I matched to Caesar's Diamond, and, you know, the status match merry-go-round from there. Uh, so, you know, like I said, gaming the system has always kind of been something that I've interest, been interested in, saving money as well. Um, like, you know, I've been playing my Vegas since I think 2013. Oh, nice, nice. You beat me to the punch on that, the My Vegas games. That was a previous episode. Yeah, so I, you know, I've played those quite a bit. You know, I've gotten thousands of dollars out of My Vegas. Oh, um, auto auto spin to win for sure, or just like uh, park in the lobby, right? <laughs> when I kind of heard about the Chase Sapphire Preferred was getting a lot of mention on Twitter, you know, because I started to follow like yourself and then some other folks I know that are, you know, my into the miles and points and. I decided, you know, I think it's probably worth me, you know, looking into this card. And, you know, everyone was saying it's the highest sign-up bonus ever. And I said, well, you know, let's let's get this card because I had, you know, the ability. I didn't hold a lot of credit cards at the time. And, you know, it was something that you were encouraging me to get into, you know, talking about your free travel and things like that. So I said, let's give it a shot. You know, I tried to be an open-minded person. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for me, it was something I could get out of. So, you know, I picked up the the Chase Sapphire preferred for myself at the 100K, and then I picked it up for my my wife as well. Uh, and, you know, didn't really do much with that. You know, we kind of met the spend through organic. You know, we met the minimum spend required through organic spend, and we kind of had all these points. And uh, I found a good deal to Cancun, and, you know, in my research I saw, you know, like Hyatt was always a good mention of Chase points because mm-hmm. Hyatt has a fixed award calendar and you can really derive a lot of value from that so i found an all-inclusive and you know an all-inclusive something that i've never done before so i figured you know why don't we give this a shot and so you know i transferred 80,000 points to hyatt and i booked four nights at um, the hyatt ziva cancun after that stay i was like this is great like you know it was a fantastic trip we paid um, you know, a small amount because I brought my uh, five-year-old daughter at the time, and you know, there's just a, a nominal rate that you have to pay per night, um, as opposed to paying with points. It's a it's a much better deal to pay the cash rate. And I said, you know, this is something I want to get into. I want to do more travel. I want to accumulate more points. And you know, I think that's where, you know, you kind of constantly talking to me about the things you were doing with I'll, I'll call it creative spend. I, yeah. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I said, you know, why don't I look into this? You know, I, I had an open mind to getting, you know, some new credit cards. And I had an open mind to, you know, travel more, you know, do different things um, as opposed to Vegas and Atlantic City, which were kind of, you know, frequent travel spots of ours. Yeah, we'll get into that later in the episode. And, and just to note, so the 84,000 points with Chase, if you were to have cashed them out for cashback, that would have been about $1,000. But you were able to get four nights at this hotel so it was about 250 a night versus what the cash rates would maybe be like a thousand a night or even more in some cases. Six, seven hundred, which is still you know a good value. Uh, 
Yeah, some of the higher end, um, like all inclusive adult resorts, you can definitely easily find those cash rates. But you know, still a great deal compared to the cash out rate, as you said. Yeah, we're able to unlock travel in a very easy manner. Like for your first cards, you said you had organic spend. So can you talk about what that process was like and what some of that spend was to reach the minimum spend requirement? It was just pretty easy, like normal spending. You know, going to you know the store. Um, buying things on there. Costco was definitely uh, a huge one because we're we're a big Costco family, and you know Costco only accepts Visa and store, so it's mm. you know pretty easy to put our monthly spend from Costco. Um, amongst just other things, I don't know if I have any particular examples off the top of my head. Just like I said, normal everyday spend. Yeah, so it was about four thousand spend in three months, so maybe around thirteen hundred or so a month. I think pretty reasonable goal for most people, or maybe. Some people had bigger expenses like auto repair, some dental work, all kinds of things that people use to hit those sign-up bonuses. Yeah, like you said, thirteen hundred a month was, you know, that was easy spend for us. You know, it's, we were doing that, you know, <laughs> on a regular basis, so it wasn't like we had to do anything really out of our out of our normal routine, except just be using a different card. Yeah, you're not going out buying designer clothing or plasma TVs or whatever random expensive item that we might think of, right? It's just like your everyday spend putting on the card. Exactly. Yes. And how was that shift? So some people, oh, I just use cash to pay for things. Oh, I'm just going to use my debit card or like this credit card I've had for 10 years that gives me next to nothing on purchases. You shifted the spend to a new card. How was that process? It was fairly easy. You know, a lot of, um, I don't have a lot of automatic payments set up um, just because I ran into an issue a number of years ago with Spirit Airlines. Um and they actually and they tracked down a card that I had canceled after six months, and they were able to push a charge through for their membership. And this is this is way back when I was very uh, ignorant and and decided to sign up for their uh, I don't know there's some subscription service where you sign up for and get cheaper deals. And I forgot to cancel it, so that's one thing why I don't necessarily like doing automatic payments to you know just things like that. Uh, that that doesn't mean I don't like automatic payments for credit cards. But uh, so, you know, it's something that I'm always entering a credit card, you know, to buy things. So it's easy enough. And Amazon, you just add it to your your default card on there. Yeah. So just shifting your spend a little bit using a different card. It, it doesn't seem like a Herculean effort. Some people are like, oh, it sounds like so much effort to sign up for a card and use a new card. Yeah, it's it's really not much work at all. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the sites, like I said, like Amazon, you just add a card on there, set it as your default card, and you don't have to even think about it from then on. Like It'll automatically charge that card. Yeah, and the, the payoff pretty big. If you're getting 100,000 points, that's easily worth more than $1,000 just for shifting that spend and signing up for a new card, a little bit of organization, a little bit of what logging into your accounts once a week to check things. You know, Pretty, pretty easy game there at a very yeah. base level, I think. Yeah, we, yeah for sure. And we met, we met March 2021 in Atlantic City, if that date's right. And we were talking about, hey, you know, there, there are more ways you can do this stuff. You can scale up. You can get more cards. And you don't only have to rely on the organic spend, the day-to-day, -day, like so-called everyday spend, right? So you, you've leveled up since 2021, and now it's well, like a year and a half later, maybe more. Yeah, we met Atlantic City at the, the Harris uh, Laurel Lounge when it was operating out of the waterfront buffet, uh, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, when you and I were waiting in line for a while, because unfortunately there was quite a wait to get in there, uh, you know, you were talking about all these things you were doing and it was, you know, but things that I really had no concept of you, you talking about, you know, going out and um, doing all this creative spending. And it, it wasn't that I was necessarily unopposed to it at the time. It was just something that it took me about a full year actually to get into the creative spending once, like I said, once I got back from that Cancun trip in uh, March and I knew that you know, like a whole year later that this is something I wanted to do. And it's actually only been, it's been less than nine months since I've really got into the game. Yeah, and maybe just starting with, with one particular play or one particular deal where like, okay, I do some reselling on eBay and okay, well maybe, oh, hey, this, this um, PlayStation 5 is back in stock. It's a high demand item. You could buy it for X price, sell it and make something, you know, now the market's down, but you can make something on it. And that's getting your credit card spend, you're selling the item, you're making a profit, and you're getting progress toward a welcome offer. So yeah, I don't expect anyone to, you know, move like $10,000 in items a month, <laughs> just starting out. But it's like, oh, here's a here's an opportunity to do something. And this is like one tactic, and maybe it's not for everybody. But here's like one example of things to do is people find many different ways to spend without 
breaking the bank and without just buying all this useless stuff. Exactly. I think that's, you know, kind of a key point is like, you know, don't overspend yourself. Like if you're somebody who's a compulsive spender, you know, it's like, should you have a credit card anyways? Probably not. (laughs) So like that's definitely something that you and I don't recommend to people. If you, if you see yourself going out and buying all these things that you don't necessarily need to meet these bonuses, then I, you know, we would say it's not, shouldn't be in this game well here, here's a creative deal this is a dead deal we could talk about this one um it was a while back with public brokerage account where there was this tool called paypal key that you can upload your credit card to paypal and it gives it a new number as a mastercard debit for some reason so we were able to fund or at least i was and some other people um you could tell us if you did that as well we were able to fund the brokerage with five thousand dollars using a credit card so it was like okay well i can invest basically using my lines of credit and then just pull the money out at a later time. And here's $5,000 spend. So right there, that's working toward a high spend goal, like a personal world of Hyatt cards spend 15,000 in a calendar year. Uh, You get the free night certificate. So it's like, oh, wow, we already got a third of the way there with very little risk, just um, investing in the market, something that we'd probably just do anyway. Yeah. Uh, re- first off, rest in peace, PayPal key. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was actually never fortunate enough to get it. Um, for whatever reason, it just wouldn't work for me. I, I signed up for the the PayPal like debit card, which I saw some data points online that said this you know might be the key to get it. And unfortunately, I never got it. But um, you know, PayPal key's dead now. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm glad that you uh, mentioned the free night credit with the World of Hyatt card because I recently realize that it's a calendar year card, it's a calendar year thing rather than a card member year, which is kind of unfortunate because Chase, you know, has some card member year bonuses as opposed to Amex, which is basically all calendar year. So it's it's kind of like, Chase, why did you flip-flop on that particular one? But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's something to know going forward. Yeah, just uh, noting that in some of our notes, and we'll get a little bit more into organization later and that's like at a more advanced level right it's like oh i have all of these different cards so i'm keeping track of these benefits this little thing that little thing and and how was it scaling up for you so you signed up for maybe one card and oh i'm going to sign up my wife for another one and and you're doing it today i think it was just a few days you messaged me and said hey i just got a new chase ink card and i hit the min spend in just under a month so it's been a lot easier to hit those spend goals yeah, I mean, as you said, scaling up, it was definitely slower at first where I wasn't doing that much. Um, but it was also like, you know, the earlier quarters of the year where retail was not necessarily the strongest. So there maybe wasn't a lot of creative ways to, you know, to spend. But, you know, if you look at the past couple months, it's been pretty crazy. And, you know, I'm scaling faster than ever. And uh, the card I actually reached the min spend on was the um, Amex Biz Hilton. And I actually hit the 15K for the double free nights because they had a promotion where if you signed up for it and spent 10k in six months you would get a free night certificate as opposed to the you know in addition to the normal benefit with that card where if you spend 15k in a year you get a free night certificate so i was able to double dip that in a month like i never never thought i was going to hit that type of level but as i said said you know with with the retail being so strong in Q4, like there was just a lot of ways to creatively spend that. Yeah, certainly lots of gift card deals in previous weeks and deals with Target as you shop already at Target by yourself and seeing a lot of gift card deals, a lot of opportunities at Target, you've definitely gotten a lot of spend with that. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a good thing to point out is that um, I'm you know Minneapolis based and there are not much for, there's no Kroger's near, <laughs> there's no Publix, there's no mayor. Um, so, and like there's one Staples now. They just closed the other one. Um, so there's not a lot of outlets to do gift cards locally except Target. So when Target runs these deals, you know, it's I hammer them because it's it's they don't come by very often. Yeah, unfortunately, no giant grocery store in your area either because that's one of my local things. Is a few weeks ago they had a promotion on the Game On gift cards. So this was giving 5x points on purchases of game on gift cards that can be used for sports betting and casino sites. So this has been really, really tremendous because we were already into gambling, both of us before miles and points, looking for advantage plays, looking for ways to save, looking for ways to travel and seeing gambling and credit come together is amazing. Yeah. Um, definitely when I, you know, travel out to, you know, states that have legalized sports betting 
and I'm planning on placing some action, I will try to get some MasterCard uh, gift cards so I can uh, use those to load up. Yeah, absolutely. So if Staples is running, say, a five times points promotion, or sorry, um, a fee-free promotion on MasterCard gift cards, and you're getting five times points with the Chasing Cash, for instance, it's, oh, well, I can use the Chasing Cash to buy these gift cards off a supply store and then use these prepaid cards online for the sports betting, for the casino, even playing blackjack, playing basic strategy and giving up about a half percent to the house. You're getting 5x on the acquisition. You're possibly getting some site bonuses. It's quite an amazing opportunity to be a Pennsylvanian at the moment. I'm jealous. I can't say that I uh, am able to really take advantage take advantage of that very much, just given that I haven't been out. Uh, I haven't been in a state that's had like full online casino gambling in a number of months. Yeah, back to Atlantic City in the future as you've been looking at Sun Country, maybe, and some other ways to get there from Minneapolis. Yes, exactly. And what are some other cards that you've picked up? You've mentioned some of the credit cards that you have. What are some others? Yeah, so like I said, the the CSPs, and then I did get the Amex Vanilla Platinum. Um, that was kind of my second big card, and of course, that's the kind of the big the big guy on the scene. Um, and then from there, you know, I picked up... Um, a couple inks, uh, including one for my you know, wife as well, and then I have both World of Hyatt cards um, because I was chasing globalists this year. I kind of got into it late, but when they came out with the World of Hyatt business promotion for the 2X Elite Nights in August, I realized that this was something I could pull off based on you know how many stays I have left, uh, also with how much spend I could put on the cards to get the free night credit, or sorry, to get the elite night credits. Yeah, so for listeners, can you explain globalist? That's the highest level of status with Hyatt? Yeah, so globalist status is like highly recognized at a lot of um, Hyatt properties. And like one of the biggest advantages to globalist status versus other elite statuses is guaranteed benefits. You get guaranteed 4 p.m. checkout. You get guaranteed room, room upgrades if they're available. Unlike other hotel chains where they'll say subject to availability, There'll be rooms available, but you won't get upgraded. Uh, like my recent holiday and experience with my newly appointed diamond status, where I mentioned, oh, I see you have a, you know, a suite available. And they said, uh, oh, yeah, you can't be upgraded to that. Oh, that's uh, IHG, right? Holiday. Yep, yeah. IHG. Yep, exactly. So Hyatt uh, doesn't really play games like that. Um, you also get some other benefits, like as you reach milestones. Yeah, so you get like free night credits with like the 39 milestone. The 40 night, um, you get some bonus points, and at 50 night, you start getting these things called Sweet Upgrade Awards, which this is also unique to Hyatt, where you can apply Sweet Upgrades right at the time of booking. So if there's if there's a, if you want to book a room at the standard points or cash rate, and there is a suite available, you can use these um, on a stay up to seven days to upgrade you to a standard suite. Yeah, this is all this is all really nice. So it's enhancing the travel experience rather than people outside of the game who just aren't getting a lot of these benefits. Maybe they're just paying a cash rate, but we're able to not only use the points for stays at these nicer properties and even some of like the mid-tier or lower tier ones, that's fine too. But we're also getting a lot of the benefits, the late checkout, the free breakfast, a lot of the upgrades, as you were saying. So it's it's really awesome. It's exclusive in some ways to miles and points unless there are like legit business travelers who are just staying tons and tons of nights. Yeah, it's a uh, like you said, it's really nice. Like the 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 food credits, another one I didn't mention, and you said the free breakfast. But like some properties have like you know they'll just give you a daily food credit you can really use on anything, or they have um, the lounge the the lounges. And I actually stayed at um, the Manchester the Grand Manchester in San Diego earlier this year, and I ended up using the lounge for dinner and for breakfast because they had like a happy hour and like the food was honestly so good there that I was like, I don't even need to go out and eat after this. Like, I'm full. Oh, nice. So you saved money and you didn't even have to leave the property. Exactly. And it was a super cool, like, lounge where you were, like, you were, you know, you were on, like, near the top floor and you had a cool view over the San Diego Bay. Yeah, nice. Because I guess if you went to a random restaurant across the street, you probably would have spent maybe, like, $20, $25 on yourself. And then with other people, that's obviously going to be a lot more there. So the status really comes into play. Yeah, it was great. And then... We had a stay in Denver just a couple months ago, and my parents were with and my children, and we all were able to eat the breakfast there at the hotel, and I think it was 22 bucks for the breakfast buffet, and we, all five of us, ate the buffet, and it was, it was no charge. Oh, nice. 
And the Amex Platinum you mentioned, what was the welcome offer you got on that, if you remember? So, you know, I'm actually, this is a sore subject. Um, uh, <laughs> I actually only got the 125000 offer. Uh, it was, I think it was the 125000 resi referral offer, which... Okay, it's still really but, good. Yeah, but they had 151 that came out like a week later, and oh. Amex <laughs> refused to allow, which gave me that bonus. Still missing those 25,000 points, but I've definitely earned more than that, so it, it's yeah. one of those things where you just... The war on happiness, I think, is you constantly Yeah, the, the, say. War, the war on happiness, for sure. You know, things that happen that aren't quite in our favor, but we can't really time the market and just sit and wait and wait and wait, and then maybe... The 125 offer goes away and it's back down to 100k and it's like oh now we missed the 125 so i'm generally in favor of just keeping clocks ticking and go for the high offers that look really good at the time yeah exactly and that's the mindset i had when i got into this whole thing with the chase sapphire preferred is everyone was saying this is the highest bonus that's ever been offered and you know they were even saying that it's going to be ending and i was like you know why don't I just pick this up? You know, it's probably not going to ever get higher. And since then, it's never gotten higher. So I definitely got in at the right time on that one. Yeah, and the 125,000 MR, one could cash that out at one cent per point into a business checking account or use it for investing with Morgan Stanley or Schwab and easily get over a thousand in value. But transferring for airlines, you're probably going to get a lot more value than that. Exactly. Yeah, even like I know that Delta gets a lot of hate. Um, here domestically, but you know, being a transfer partner of Amex, I've I've gotten thousands of dollars worth of flights in those points by transferring to Delta. Yeah, and you're at a hub in Minneapolis too, right? Exactly. Yep, it's a hub here, so Delta's kind of the the main game in town. It's not as it's not going to be as good a value as those you know international redemptions that a lot of people you know really strive towards. But you know, sometimes you need to book a flight and you don't want to pay the cash for it, so might as well just use points. Yeah, and usually you're getting a little bit over one cent per point anyway with Delta. So yeah, if you have a domestic flight and it's like, oh, I checked all the other carriers and the rates are about the same, it's like, okay, well, I'll fly with Delta. And we've also both gotten Delta status through credit cards and credit card spend. Yep, exactly. I think we'll, uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later in the discussion. All right, very good. Any other cards that you have that you haven't yet mentioned? So I did mention that Amex Hilton Biz, um, but that's my latest. And then the... We can get into my other cards later on that I'm striving towards. Okay, and what, you have about maybe 10 or 15 cards at the moment? Maybe more? Uh, between my wife and I, we probably have around 20. Oh, nice, nice. And can you talk a little bit about that as um, some people in the space talk about it as a player two situation? Why sign her up for cards two? Yeah, so, I mean, it's basically like a second person and, you know, I, I you know, run it by her. And, you know, in some cases, I actually end up, like, basically sending her the application. I'm saying, hey, can you just fill this out and send this in? Because, you know, you can really accumulate a, a ton more points. Um, with with Chase's system, you can actually pool points, the ultimate rewards points, you know, between households. So she actually ends up transferring all her points over to me because I have the, um, the Sapphire product in the household rewards. Like Amex, you know, you can't really pool points. But, you know, just the other day, I did a, a booking with her points where I booked the flight for me because, you know, that's, that's an option is you just send it to her account, you know, for the transfer partner, and then you can book for somebody with that transfer partner. Yeah, there are only so many cards we can get and very often, at, at in a short amount of time anyway, and very often we can't get the same sign-up bonus twice in a short amount of time. So having another person apply is allowing us to increase our earnings and get more cards, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. I'd say that I've gotten at least 60% more points because I've been able to utilize player two. Yeah, I don't do, <laughs> I don't utilize her as much as I utilize my own just because, you know, I don't want to bother her as much. But if we get into a situation where we need a lot of points, um, it's definitely something that, you know, I'll run by her and say, hey, you know, can you just sign up for this? And I basically yeah. do all the work from there on. Yeah, or maybe some online orders because certain deals would be like one per person. So being able to use her accounts to scale up certain deals or orders is always very good too. Exactly, yeah. Like places like Target or Picky on the uh, per per account. So yeah, the war on happiness just canceling orders or like stealth cancel or you know even worse like it would charge your card but then it not goes through and then 
there's a refund like a week later. And I suppose it can be worse than that too. But I don't think we've taken major L's. So that's been a, <laughs> it's been a good thing. Uh, there's, of course, a little bit of risk involved with trying to uh, be creative, uh, let's say. But I try not to be too egregious and like get shut down by everyone, right? Yeah, exactly. You got to be a little careful, especially with City. Yeah, yeah. Like a while back, people were referring themselves to sign up for Amex cards and getting shut down because of that. It's like, ah, it didn't seem so great. I, I don't like seeing anyone shut down, of course, but it's like, I, hopefully you can learn from the lesson when other people get in trouble for doing certain things. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, thankfully I have, you know, you and, you know, some other folks that I can really lean on regarding, hey, should I do this? You know, and <laughs> you can kind of help me with data points that you've heard. Be like, eh, be careful about that. Yeah, yeah. Or like, oh, maybe just get two orders or three orders, you know, don't go too crazy with it. Exactly. All right. What are some of the other benefits of miles and points besides the hotel points, the airline miles and cashback that we haven't mentioned? Previously mentioned, you know, I reached globalist status with Hyatt, which is really, you know, the hotel status you want. Um, You can, you know, we discussed the benefits. I mean, thousands of dollars worth of benefits, Um, you know, more comfortable rooms. I'm getting you know, food on the property. And that's not only cost savings, it's time savings. Like, I don't have to go out and, you know, find some food. So it's like, I can go right on property and, you know, get that there. Uh, Additionally, you know, like status with Delta, you and I both have platinum status with Delta, which is great because, you know, we get comfort um, plus almost guaranteed, which is, you know, a much more comfortable ride. You get the additional legroom, you know, you get a cocktail or two if, you know, if you're so inclined and then, you know, there's always those chances of first grade, first class upgrades, which are really nice because you get that, you know, tons of legroom um, and you get a meal in there. And yeah, so I think basically that's the main benefit is you're just you're getting all this status, which makes you do things more comfortably. And, you know, even if you don't have status, um, you know, I'm flying to Europe twice in 2023 and I'm flying business class or premium economy, which is you know way more comfortable than economy. And I'm doing that because I have the points to afford it. Yeah, because people outside of the hobby, like the typical way is they're going to go to the airport and spend like $50 on beer in a restaurant and maybe some food. But hey, we're just going into the lounges. It's more comfortable. It's quiet. And I look forward to even getting to the airport super early to use the lounges. It's a really nice feature, I think, rather than making stuff at home. You know, I could just be there early and then I don't get held up at security. You know, I have extra time. It's uh, some good peace of mind and then uh, good food and drink for very low or no cost. Yeah, it's nice to have that, like you said. And, and like the food's usually pretty good, especially the Centurion Lounge. It's usually have very um, good offerings. And what, one common question I get is people asking, how much time do you spend with this per week? Is it worth the effort? How many hours do you put into this thing? What, what would you have to say about that? Four to eight hours a week and a lot of that's just done at home like it's um if there are some local deals running which like i said if there's target deals i'm maybe spending more than that because you know it's time where i have to leave my house but a majority of what i do 75 percent of um you know the spend i put through is done here at home just right um at my desk yeah and then it's what a little bit of uh, logging into accounts making sure payments are made can you talk a little bit about that i utilize an app called max reward rewards which can kind of help me with like due dates and stuff like that just because um you know sometimes your due dates can be all over the place especially when you have a bunch of different cards so it's nice to have that because then i don't have to log into all these separate accounts but yeah you definitely want to keep track of your accounts just in case something comes up especially like if you're looking for an offer or something um particularly with amex like they throw their offers their offers change all the time so it's good to log into your cards and say hey what do i have for offers on here yeah, just today as we're recording in December of 2022, it was $50 back on a purchase of $250 at Lowe's. And for me, that's super easy money because Lowe's sells a lot of gift cards and I could just go and get an Amazon gift card, for example, just to name one thing. And it's like, wow, I just spent 250 and got 50 back. Like that's super free money for me because I view that as very close to cash. Yeah, and it's great if you have like actual organic spend. Like you're like, hey, I have to spend you know, 150 bucks at Oakley. Like I'm buying these new sunglasses. Yeah. Or, you know, something along that nature, you know, it doesn't need to be something as nice as that. But like even the offer I just got um, to a place I don't I don't regularly visit, but I could see how this could be utilized is I got 10 bucks off a purchase of 40 or more at Walmart. I mean, there are tons of people that shop at Walmart and it's like you're going to go there anyways. If you log into your account, find this offer, add it. That's an easy 
Um, 20 bucks, I think it can be used up to two times. It's like, wow, I just got 50 bucks at Lowe's. I picked up a PS5 earlier that I'm going to make money on. I redeemed a $20 off grocery coupon because I spent 100 on gift cards like a week ago. And that wasn't really spending 100 either because that was like more Amazon opportunity like things. So it's like, wow, well, I just drove around for a little bit, had fun doing it, chatted with some friends on the road. I'm having fun with this as a side hustle or a hobby. Are, are you seeing it the same way as a, a side hustle supplementing your work income? I work a corporate job. Um, you know, I need some motivation to get me through my work week and my work day. So if I go and book all these exotic, cool trips, it's definitely like, hey, this is great. You know, work is fine. Like, I'll be going to this cool place in like two weeks. Yeah, I think a lot of people outside of the hobbies talk about, well, I take one vacation a year or, oh, I got back from vacation and now I don't have any money or even worse, they owe money or, oh, well, I saved up all year for this thing and now there's nothing more in the checking account or they're just paycheck to paycheck. They save up for the one vacation and then it's back to zero. But miles and miles and points allows us to transcend that with the things that we do in this hobby. And I imagine a lot of the travels you would just pay for anyway. Like, oh, well, you want to go to Vegas, you want to go to AC. And if you weren't in miles and points, you'd probably just be paying cash money to take these flights and stay at the hotels as well. Exactly. That's like what I used to do. I used to just search for the lowest cash fares and I'd book the basic economy tickets because I wanted to go there. So I was just being cheap. And now it's like I can travel there to a place I want to go and I can travel in luxury. I don't have to book these crappy flight times. Like I can afford or with status, I can change my flight if I wanted the day of. Yeah. So it's nicer accommodations and it's saving the money at the same time. So I think of saving money in many ways is kind of like making money where, okay, well, I have all these grocery deals going on and I would have spent $20 for those groceries earlier, but I was able to not spend that 20. So for me, that's kind of like, well, if I was normally going to work at a job for like 30 bucks an hour, well, wow, that was a really good payoff. That was a really good hourly rate on that particular. Yeah, exactly. I, like you said, I, I'm probably going to take these trips anyways. So I guess, you know, I am saving a lot of money by using points and miles. And there has been some cash opportunity as well for checking accounts, for instance. Can you talk a little bit about checking account bonuses? I mean, these are one of the, the easiest easiest plays and I, I've tried to pitch this for a few people. <laughs> I just can't get anyone to bite on it. Um, oh no. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, people are just so hesitant. To, it's so when it comes to people not wanting to change their credit cards, people do not want to change where their paycheck goes. That freaks them out. And I actually had one of my, a coworker slash friend I was talking to, um, you know, I was mentioning this $500 checking bonus and I was like, you know, we get paid monthly at my company and I know for sure he makes at least a $5,000 minimum direct deposit required. It's mm -hmm. like, dude, you change it for one month, put it in that account, wait a couple months, you know, use that account to pay out some things, you know, let the balance get down, but don't drain it, and then wait for the bonus to come, and then, you know, you can cancel that checking account. And meanwhile, after that first month where you direct deposit in, you can just go back and change it to your, to your uh, normal bank you like to use. Yeah. Or, But he was like, we can change our bank accounts and I was like yeah I mean you can designate where you want your money to go it's you know it's your money it's just such an easy gain I just uh I just actually had my wife sign up for the U.S. bank one I think like a month and a half ago and we met it right away so now we're just waiting for the bonus to post but I think I've done I think I've done five bonuses this year which I know is a little light compared to some other folks but um Minnesota for whatever reason doesn't seem to have a ton of them and I think there was actually a really good local branch and earlier and you were trying to encourage me to go and do it because you could actually fund it with credit cards, which yeah. is it's very rare. And you were encouraging me to do it. And I never, I wasn't able to pull the trigger before they pulled the offer with credit oh, card spending. Oh, it expired. Warren, have yeah. again. <laughs> so I will say I was, I was considering it. You know, it wasn't like I was completely throwing the idea out. And, I, you know, looking back on it, I wish I definitely had done it because it would have been easy spent on a credit card. But, you know, it is what it is. We, you know, you got you to just move on. Yeah, there'll be opportunities in the future, but the next time a deal like that comes, you know, hit it, hit it early. Deploy the capital dollars, as was a, uh, an infamous phrase from Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not often that those local deals could like that come around. So. All right, and can you talk a little bit about Atlantic City? Why Atlantic City? You fly out to Atlantic City sometimes rather than going to Vegas or some other places. Yeah, I I get this question a lot. People are just blown away that I. I prefer Atlantic City over Vegas. It's seen as this dumpy, seedy place, and 
I spend most of my time in the casinos there. So I do understand that outside of the casinos that it's maybe not the nicest area, but you know, it's same with Vegas. I mean, Vegas has some seedy areas, but I'm not going and hanging out with them. I'm staying at the casinos. Uh, and I, I like AC a lot because I like the lounges and I like their recognition of status there. Like status matters there. Um, you know, those lounges, which I know you've talked in great detail about your love for the Amphora Lounge. Oh, and, absolutely. You know, I'll agree. <laughs> the Amphora Lounge at Borgata is fantastic. You know, it's got great food offerings. Offerings. It's got a wide variety of spirits, including like very high-end spirits. It's not like they're giving you, you know, the real vodkas, you know, some cheap budget one. Like you're getting very good drinks there. Uh, so it's just, it's fun to go there and just kind of just hang out at these lounges for gamblers that I, I'm able to get into because I did this status match years ago and I'm able to keep it alive. Yeah, and the M4 lounge only $12.50 in comps. So getting the all-you-can-eat food, which is pretty high-quality food, it's not just some random buffet. Some people hate on lounges, but the quality there is really high. And yes, the drinks, if you were to buy a drink like that at one of the bars, I imagine that they're going to be charging like 15 to 20 bucks per drink. Yeah, it's just you would spend so much more outside of there than you would in... <laughs> Uh, you know, we've I've gone to Atlantic City and actually like never ate at a restaurant. I just utilize the lounges the whole time. Yeah, and you've been able to get the comps in many different ways, right? Like you mentioned the My Vegas games earlier. Yeah, I think almost all my comps have come courtesy of My Vegas because you yeah. get the twenty five dollars fine <laughs> dining and that's the entrance for two. And then if I do, my wife also has status, so if she does it, the same thing. She has entry for two, and we just kind of stack them up. Yeah, and I, I've been a huge fan of the MGM MasterCard, so I'm getting comps based on my spend on that card. And 2x Grocery Multiplier, you can use it to fund BetMGM and Borgata Online. So it's really easy to generate comps and use them for the lounge there rather than going around and going to these expensive restaurants and, I don't know, just spending money at other places. Like, okay, I'm already in the casino. I could just go there. And like, what more, what more do I want? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm very happy with uh, going to the lounges there. Yeah. And with Caesars, you've also used your celebration dinners there, correct? Yeah. I've just been to Gordon Ramsay steak. I think that's the one in Harris. I get, I, I apologize. I get them confused. Um, but yeah, we went there and we've actually hit like a hundred on the head, like twice where it's been like, it was like $99 and 78 cents or something. Just, it's so close. And my wife and I are able to split, you know, an entree, um, get a couple appetizers, and, you know, you hit that amount right there, and it's it's free money. It's money that I would have never went in there and spent, and it was, like, it was delicious food. So that uh, appeases my um, my foodie wife um, after having <laughs> to drag her to the lounges. Oh, she, she, she doesn't have such a high opinion of the M4 lounge? Absolutely not. Oh, no! <laughs> no, but she's uh, she's good about it. She'll go with me and hang out. Yeah, and I would think even if one went in there for the drinks, even, like, they're still getting really good value out of just going for the drinks. Yeah, she usually comes in there for a little bit and then leaves me and then goes and gambles while I just hang out there. I'm happy enough yeah. in there. Yeah, and you're mostly playing video poker when you do gamble. Yeah, video poker is really the one that I play these days. I kind of started out gambling, like, in craps, but it's just too volatile for me. So I switched to something that's just a little bit more stable. Yeah, and the house edge, uh, not very high, as there are some good pay tables in Atlantic City and other places, compared yeah, to, it, say, playing the slots where you're giving up like 5 to 10% house edge. Yeah, I mean, the, that's another appeal of Atlantic City for a video poker player, is you can find really good video poker at lower denominations. Vegas is horrendous. Like, they have awful video poker ta pay tables, unless you're playing $25, um, I wouldn't even say a hand, that's just a credit, and to play like a, if you want to truly maximize the expected value, you need to play five credits. So we're talking $125 a spin here. Yeah, or if you're going off the strip, or I've found some decent pay tables at Planet Hollywood that I've played at when they had some tier credit multiplier days or other bonuses going on. Yeah. It can get pricey, but it was what Borgata had the full pay video poker at one point. Is that still there? What's the status with that? Uh, yeah, they still have 9.6 on the, on the floor in the smoking section, but they killed it off at the the B bar, which was my favorite place to play. Yeah. So what is that? One dollar. So five dollars a spin on the video poker. No, it was it was quarter. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. But now it's the dollar, correct? Or is it still quarter? Um, I think it's dollar, but I think it's ten credits you have to bet to get the full, uh, to get the full royal payout. I think five only pays 
800 or something or a thousand maybe war on happiness strikes again <laughs> yeah and, and and one dead deal i really liked that was creative spend was purchasing gift cards at borgata that you used to be able to go to the concierge desk with mavis mavis was the worker there at the time who no longer works for borgata you'd use a credit card to buy a 500 dollars borgata gift card and then go to the Players Club, and they would transfer that $500 to free play. Yeah, I actually had my, my wife take advantage of that when she took a trip out to Atlantic City without me. Um, I said, hey, um, you know, you have the, the M-Life MasterCard. Like, go here and do this. And, you know, she did it. Um, and that was the only time we've ever part, you know, partake. But unfortunately got killed off, as you said. Yeah, so you're getting 3X tier and comps, or MGM rewards now on the MGM MasterCard, or you could just use that working toward a sign-up bonus. All right, and Las Vegas, what's the appeal of Vegas for you? The appeal for Vegas for me, it's Vegas. It's the entertainment capital of the world. It's I, I love the, the pool scene there. There's just a lot going on outside of the casino scene. I, I know I mentioned my love for Lang City, um, but it can get, you know, a little old if you're in the casino the whole time, and I'm not the biggest gambler these days. I'm just... That risk-adverse nature is still something I just can't shake. So, you know, I do get a little burnt out in the casino where I'm losing money, and I'm like, well, this isn't any fun, you know. But in Vegas, you know, there's so much to do. It's like, yeah, I don't want to gamble. Let's go out to the pool. Let's go see a show. Let's, you know, go out to eat. There's just um, there's so many things to do. And the other thing that I really like about Vegas, and initially before I was into the points and miles, is, Vegas is cheap to go to get to, especially for Minneapolis. They have like six nonstop flights a day, and it's almost always the cheapest place to fly Delta in the country, which is blows my mind. Like even a place like Chicago is more expensive, and that's only five five hundred miles versus the thirteen hundred to Vegas. Yeah, and I can stack uh, other deals too. You know, we mentioned my Vegas. There's a couple of coupon books out there that you can use for gambling. Um, so I just I see a lot of value there, so I can just travel there you know, quite a bit and do it pretty cheap as opposed to, you know, a lot of people, like you said, that just do one big vacation a year. They they go and do a cruise and they do this crazy cruise that they spend, you know, $6,000 on, whereas I can go to Vegas, you know, four times. Can you talk about the comp cruises that you went on? You went on cruises not having to pay the crazy amounts, maybe just taxes, fees, gratuities, and that's about it. I was able to do my first comp cruise back in January. Uh, with MSC, courtesy of the Ocean Status Match. Yep, um, more Atlantic which, City stuff, yeah. Yeah, which I think you probably previously mentioned, the Ocean Status Match and how that can be accomplished. So we got a comp cruise for myself and my wife, and then we added my daughter, which I think was 300 bucks. Um, and the total for all three of us was like 700 bucks for taxes and fees and everything. Nice. And we got um, a balcony room, and... Uh, this was this was January of 2021 or 2022. I apologize. And we ended up getting to our cruise ship, and there were only 600 passengers on a ship of 5,500. So we had the place to ourselves. Everywhere we went, there was almost nobody. Um, you know, and it you're never going to get a cruise like that ever again. And like I said, I I did it with casino status match coming up here next month and I'll, I'll get into more details on this later but I'm doing a carnival cruise the carnival celebration which is their newest ship I got courtesy of the carnival fun match um, which is something is you can just submit online and all you have to do is just submit your casino loyalty cards and you know they respond with an offer and I did it for myself and my wife who has some casino status you know courtesy of matching as well and we were able to get a room for myself and a room for my parents, which easily the cruise itself is probably upwards of six thousand yeah. dollars for both rooms, and we got that. Um, I think we're paying around twelve hundred for both rooms. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Even with some of the taxes and fees with cruise, I have the Altitude Reserve credit card with U.S. Bank that I highly recommend, and with that, you can often offset certain travel charges. So they'll say, send you a text message, say, would you like to use your points for this purchase? And you could use your points to offset that. So that even works for cruises in some cases. When I did with Carnival, I believe they offered a pay later plan. So it was no interest, no extra charges, nothing. Instead of paying it all up front, you could pay it four times split up. So I was able to use my altitude reserve points to offset some of the costs with that. And I think some other cards like Capital One 
Venture X or Venture might be able to offset some of those cruise costs as well. Yeah, and if you don't have you know a card with like travel credits or anything like that, I mean, it's also good organic spend you could put on a new card. Yep, and often get the travel multiplier too, certain cards that are just bonusing travel spend. Exactly. So that's... Yeah, that's really good. As some people, I think, have gone the wrong way where they, they say things like, oh, well, you need to play slots. You need to do this in order to get these statuses or benefits. And some people are aware that there's this extreme edge, but they're still doing it anyway and said, oh, well, maybe I would lose like $2,000, but I'd get these benefits. And we're saying, hey, there's another way that you don't have to do it that way. Yeah. And I think um, when you did your set, when you did your MSC cruise, I told you about the MSC status match where you can give them your status. And then I think you even got some additional benefits yep. for doing the status match with your comp MSC cruise. Yeah, there was the steam room. There was the sauna area. There was the dinner at a specialty restaurant. And I believe there was a welcome, a welcome gift. And I got the balcony. Kind of a, you could really utilize like two different things on that one. Not only are you using the casino status match for the free cruise, but you're using the cruise line status match itself. Yeah, lots of stacking, which is really great. And yeah, I wonder what would have been the actual cost for all of this stuff. Some people say, well, how much do you make? And it's difficult to quantify those things. It's like, well, if I went on a comp cruise, like, okay, maybe I would have paid $1,000 to do it. But it was cash rate that might have been, as you were saying, like several thousand dollars. So does that count as like made money? Like, eh. So it's why it's a difficult question to answer because some of these things aren't so quantifiable or we wouldn't have paid the money. Like if, for example, um, Popeye's chicken down the street were saying like, oh, we're going to debut this $2,000 fried chicken. And if they were to give it out for free for some reason, like, well, I wouldn't have paid $2,000 for it. And I don't even really want it anyway. So it's it's an interesting thing, but we're still winning at the end of the day, and it's certainly worth the effort. Yeah. All right. And what do you do to stay organized? As some people say, oh, it sounds like a lot to keep track of. Oh, it, it seems overwhelming. I don't know if I necessarily have any organization things. I'm kind of just good like that, where I've, I've put a lot of time into studying the cards I have, and I'm pretty good about tracking those myself. Um, but if not, you know, I usually consult doc, doctor of credit or something if I have a I'm like, hey, do I get that with this? And, you know, just look online. And... Frequentmiler.com, another great resource. I use Google Calendar a lot. And say if I have a monthly benefit, I just put it as a monthly event in Google Calendar. And then once I use it, I delete it for that month and it pops up automatically next month as a repeating event. So in the morning, I'll just look at Google Calendar, not only for miles and points, but also for other things I want to do during the day. So I'll see all of that together and work down a list before the end of certain periods. And checking checking accounts. So obviously you're going to have to make these payments to your credit cards. How do you keep track of the different checking accounts and what's in? I I think I do the same thing that you know you kind of preach, and that's just checking all these accounts once a week. You know, just regularly checking. Um, I'm also in finance, so you know, money's something I'm pretty good with, and I usually have a pretty good number in my head of how much is in each checking account, so I know how much you know I I should spend and how much I, you know, should apply a payment towards. Yeah, because at a more advanced level with reselling that we do, it's a lot of different money moving around, different payments. So it gets a little bit more complicated. But as I say, start very small, scale up, see what's comfortable for you. And if you want to do more, add on more. And I, I say, too, there are a lot of people doing things that I don't. Some people are doing this as a full time thing and maybe like operating warehouses and having these like massive shipments going in and out and pallets coming in and people are going like in store and looking for certain items to flip online they're going to state sales like there's always more that one could do i'm not all in but i'm still seeing it as uh, a really good return for some of the time that i spend on it yeah exactly like you said with the the reselling stuff we do it's a little tough to keep track of some of that you know something called the float where you know it's like we got money coming in, we spent money. It's it's a little tough, like from a cash flow, flow perspective. And uh, so it's definitely a little different, something you should uh, tread in lightly at first until you kind of get the hang of it. Yeah. And we're getting the grace periods as well. So at worst, we have to pay back the credit cards in what, 31 days, 30 days, because say, okay, we purchased something on December 11th, the statement closes the next day. Okay. We get 30 days to pay off that statement balance, right? Uh, for just one example. All right. And coming towards the end here, addressing some of the critics, the main critic of Miles and Points, the leader of the war on happiness, Dave Ramsey. Somebody whom I didn't know about until I really got into this. Um, but I will say that it's amazing how many people 
you know in real life who you know are just followers of his because apparently his reach just knows no boundaries um you know it's people that i'll i'll try talking to about like credit cards like somebody i know who travels a ton because he's a you know a semi-pro athlete and like he travels all the time and i was like hey have you thought about eh, i don't really like credit cards i'm like what that's weird and then he sent me a clip from dave ramsey and i was like this all <laughs> makes so much sense now it's it's just like you can't talk to people who you know are followers of his they won't they'll just disregard anything that you say you know, credit cards are bad you know and, and that's pretty much the end of it and you know i've gotten to the point where if somebody mentions dave ramsey i'm just like oh boy like this guy's he's out there like if you want to follow that nonsense as somebody who is seemingly a fiscally responsible person then i guess you you can but you know i wouldn't encourage it because you're missing out on a lot of opportunities and he almost makes folks so risk adverse that they end up hurting themselves even more because they're not taking advantage of any of these opportunities and they're not building credit they're going to be getting worse interest rates on their houses worse interest rates on you know new car loans as opposed to somebody like you and i who have 800 plus credit scores because we've just been opening cards we've been paying them off and that's what credit that's what credit scores are built on is you know you're opening new stuff you're putting you're utilizing that credit but you're paying off that credit yeah there are some fluctuations in the scores for sure but once things are paid off then it rebounds to where it needs to be so usually i'm in the high 700s but uh, this quarter four is really wild with all the spending so it's going to dip down to probably like the 600s again, like it did last year, but it doesn't oh, wow. matter because it bounces back. And like, look, I, I applied for multiple cards in December. I got approved for all of them. One of them is currently impending and it's like recommended for approval. That's what Barclays likes to say, right? You're recommended for approval. Uh, so yeah, it's like, look, it's not going to destroy your credit as long as you're responsible about stuff. But what was it? He tweeted the other day. Uh, you saw an interesting tweet from Dave Ramsey. Your credit score doesn't matter. Oh, that was it. Yeah. And it's like, have you ever tried to buy a house, buy a car? Like, your credit score matters a ton. <laughs> like, even even potential employers check your credit. Yeah. Like I, yeah. It, it, you know, okay, yeah, you might not absolutely need it. You know, you, you, you can probably try to, okay, well, I'll give cash at that hotel desk. I can use the debit card. But you're going to be missing out on so much in the process. If you, if you can't handle credit, great. Okay, he can be good for you. But... He's just not being honest about the whole situation when he's saying, oh, a credit score is an I love debt score and you need to go in debt and pay interest to get a credit score. It's just totally false information. Yeah, like I said, I feel like he's hurting people that are fiscally responsible with maybe stuff they shouldn't be applying to their own situations. Like he can help people that have, you know, really bad credit and probably shouldn't be using credit cards. Like, you know, some of his logic can be used, but for the people that are financially responsible, I don't think it makes sense to listen to him. Yeah, it would be like playing video poker and holding every hand, discarding nothing, and then complaining about, oh, video poker is a terrible game because I never win. It's like, well, maybe it wasn't the game. It was just your strategy. And that's that's how I think about Ramsey. Like, the strategy he's offering isn't a good one. And just, like, lamenting the whole system. All right, and finally, what are some trips that you have coming up? Yeah, so I actually have a crazy busy year, and this is where the points have really all coming together. And... I've used a ton of them, but, you know, I have a cruise next month, which I mentioned was courtesy of the Carnival Fun Match. Um, and then in February, I'm going to Cabo, staying at the Hyatt Ziva, courtesy of Hyatt Points, using Delta Points for the flights. Um, and then, you know, using the Suite Upgrade Award, which is a globalist benefit, so I'll be staying in a suite with my family there. Uh, and I just actually picked up the White Whale of Hilton Properties, the... Waldorf Astoria Cabo, um, courtesy of Frequent Milers, uh, tweet that there was basically wide open availability for that property. And that is, you know, arguably the nicest Hilton property in North America. I was able to use my free night credit um, from the Amex Hilton Bizcard uh, for a night at that property, which was retailing for $1,200. Oh, wow. So that's a lot better than yeah. the uh, Hilton Garden Inn. In March, I'm going to Jamaica, staying at uh, Hyatt All Inclusive there uh, with my family. You know, flights courtesy of Delta, and then uh, going to be using uh, another suite upgrade award there, which actually is a very nice looking suite because um, it was, I think, formerly a Ritz Carlton property. So they got some of those higher end suites. Um, that uh, unfortunately, the Zivas aren't great on the suite upgrade awards. Um, if you really want to go down that rabbit hole of 
uh, places to use those for globalists. Um, you know, there's a whole list of properties. But uh, and then later in March, I'm going to Vegas, uh, getting back there. Going to be using my Delta Companion cert with a buddy that we were able to find a decent cash rate because you know March can just be crazy out there. We're going for the second week of March Madness and. Our last night there, we're actually going to use my other Hilton free night certificate for Croxfords on Friday night, which I, is retailing for $500. Um, and it looks like a very nice property. I would have never stayed there if I didn't have this free night credit. Yeah, it's uh, really life-changing stuff. Yeah, and then I'll get the um, Hilton gold benefits as well. I'm only, I'm only a lowly gold, uh, but you know I'll get the daily food credit and maybe a room upgrade if I'm lucky enough. Yeah, I guess in a post-chase and business card world, then eventually you start getting into some of the personal cards. And Yeah, no, definitely Hilton Aspire. I know, um, I may not say that, but way down the line, I could see Hilton Aspire being a card for me. And then in London, or sorry, in London, in July, I'm doing a very big trip. Um, I studied abroad in London for about a month in college, and I absolutely loved it. And I've been wanting to get back, but as we know, prices to get over to London are not cheap. But I was able to put my points forward, and we're actually, myself, my wife, and my six-year-old daughter are going to be flying Virgin Upper Class, which is their business, um, from New York to London. And then we're going to be staying in London, um, staying at IHG a couple nights, and then we're actually staying at a super nice um, Hyatt Regency uh, for a few nights using a Suite Upgrade Award, which has a balcony. Uh, so we're going to be you know, checking out London, and then we're going to be taking the train down to... Uh, to Paris where we're going to stay a few nights and I haven't totally secured where we're staying in Paris. Um, Europe is a tricky, tricky points game with, um, with people over, with over three occupants. Um, they just kind of have some fire code, some fire codes that make it really tough. Um, I'm actually working with my, my globalist concierge, which is a benefit you get for reaching a 60 night milestone with Hyatt. And I'm going to see if she can work any magic to try to get us a place to stay in like central Paris. But yeah, like I said, for right now, I don't have anything. I guess if worse comes to it, we'll probably do like an Airbnb, which is something I've never been wild about. But as I said, I've been looking and I just can't find anything good for three people. Oh, uh, and then on the way home, we're going to be flying um, Air France um, premium economy. And we actually, it was actually cheaper than economy when we booked it. And it was funny because um, our flight, so our flight to London was retailing for 2700 and our flight home from Paris was the same price, and that's, bi- that's business versus premium economy, which I found very interesting, but I'm thinking it's because it's going directly to Minneapolis from Paris as opposed to out of New York. How do you think this would be different if you weren't in miles and points? Would you be maybe traveling once a year, not at all, or only the domestic? I think I think it'd be the domestic. I don't think I'd be doing these all inclusives. Um, I definitely couldn't see me doing really any much international, let alone business international travel. But I'd probably just stick to the places I'd gone to, or um, you know maybe some yeah, like you said, domestic. I really couldn't see me paying the the cash fares to go international, like even to a place like Mexico where I. I probably wouldn't want to be spending money for an all-inclusive either. I'm doing a second European trip in 2023. Um, we're going to be flying to Amsterdam. Uh, we're going to be flying Premium Comfort um, directly from Minneapolis to Amsterdam, which is really nice that I was able to find that. It was a super, super cheap rate. It was 40, was it 45,000 miles? And Amex was doing a 25% transfer bonus to Flying Blue, so that nets the total down even more. And then on the way home, we really wanted to fly business, and I was able to find a really good deal to Toronto. So we're going to be flying business home from um, from Amsterdam to Toronto, and then just flying home from Toronto. But yeah, we're staying at the Hyatt Regency there for four nights on points with a already a Global's confirmed suite upgrade. All right, very good. Anything else to add? It was a very quick hour. We were planning 45 minutes, but we got even more than that. Like the question you just asked, what would how would my travel differ? And it'd definitely be less frequency. It'd be less comfort. And it'd be less like exotic places, like places you maybe only dreamed of. Like you're like, I don't know how I'm ever going to make it there. I don't see myself having, you know, $4,000 for a plane ticket. Mm-hmm. But with miles and points, you know, you're able to make it happen and you're able to make it very comfortably. Like we're going to be in lie flat seats for a few of those trips. All right. Thanks. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, no, I appreciate uh, you having me on, and this is a great discussion. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for future episodes. Visit hurdygurdytravel.com to contact me 
Find me on social media, read episode transcripts, and schedule a free consultation. Support the show through Subscribestar, referral links, and buying from my eBay store. Find the show on many podcast platforms and YouTube, where you can find bonus videos. Supporting me on Subscribestar will give you special perks, including a custom podcast episode, questions answered by upcoming guests, and monthly private one-on-one discussions, delving into more advanced topics I don't openly discuss at length on podcast episodes. Visit meetup.com slash Philly Miles and Points to learn about greater Philadelphia travel, credit miles and points meetups I'll be hosting in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, starting January of 2023. I hope to see you in person at a future event. Find a link in the show notes. Listen to my other podcast, the Stoic Solutions Podcast, found at stoicsolutionspodcast.com. My podcast guests and I offer practical wisdom for everyday life inspired by the ancient tradition of Stoic philosophy from Greece and Rome. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thank you.